0: Hey, this is Adam Starling. I'm the senior pastor at Victory Family Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray this message will inspire you, encourage you, and hopefully challenge you to become everything that God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. Well, family, good morning. It's still morning for six minutes, so I can say that. Good morning. It's so uh, so good to be with you guys today in Newcastle if we haven't had the chance to meet yet. My name is TJ. I'm an associate pastor at our Norman campus, but I'm also a part of our teaching team. And so I'm here from time to time with the opportunity to preach. And I love every chance that I get to be here in Newcastle to be a part of what God is doing here. Um, can we give it up for your pastors, Pastor Matt and Julie, and just honor them. Thank them for all that they do. Man, you guys really are blessed with some of the most incredible people as your pastors. And then also, can we honor our senior pastors, Pastor Adam and Christy as well, and just thank them for the vision they set for this house. Numbers chapter 13 is where we're going to be at today. Numbers 13, as you're turning there, I do want to reiterate what Pastor Matt talked about, man, make sure that you are at Wednesday night Sunday school this semester, or at least get, get in a group, get in a small groups, small groups kick off next week. And so we... We understand that we are not, not called to follow Jesus on our own. We need other people to come alongside us and to to journey with us. And so get in your group, get, in, get maybe it's people, friends that you already have, that you start a group together. Maybe it's a group that you're already a part of, or even if it is Wednesday night Sunday school, come to that. Um, we've got a really cool story from the Norman Wednesday night Sunday school that a group of people came to that, uh, not not really having any relationships within the church, not really connected to anyone only been coming for a short time. And they, this group of people ended up sitting together at a table for like our table discussions towards the end. And over the course of the semester, just got to know each other, connect with each other. When we took a break for the summer, they're like, we don't want to take a break. We want to keep meeting. And so this, This incredibly diverse group of people continue to meet throughout the summer. Uh, They threw a baby shower for a couple that's in the group this week because they're about to have a baby. And so it's just cool to see that it was just this opportunity where these people came together, were able to meet some people, and now they're in community with these people. And so I really pray the, the same for you. Maybe you don't have a place to connect. Maybe you feel like you haven't found your people yet that would be a perfect opportunity and a spot for you to find some people to connect with at Wednesday night, Sunday school. Numbers 13, you got your Bible with you? Pastor Matt and one other person. That's cool. It's cool. It's great. Newcastle. Y'all love the Bible around here. You know, that's what I, that's what I hear. It's what everyone says. So it's all right. Numbers 13, we're going to start in verse one, and we're going to bounce around in this chapter a little bit, but first one, it says, the Lord said to Moses Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. Down to verse 17. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and on into the hill country. See what the land is like. Whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they have? Are they unwalled or fortified? How's the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? To do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. Down to verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But... People who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, which were like giants. We seemed like grasshoppers in our eyes and we looked the same to them. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, we thank you so much for your word today. And I ask that you would transform us, change us. And make us more like you through your word. Lord, we open ourselves to receive from you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Uh, So we are finishing our series called Voices in My Head today, where we've been looking at some of these toxic voices that we face on a consistent basis. We've looked at worry. We've talked about anxiety. And we've talked about fear And today we're going to be talking about the voice of insecurity, the voice of insecurity. Now, I I think I, if I'm being honest, I am a little bit insecure about talking to you about insecurity today, because the fact is, is I'm definitely not preaching at you today. I am not just preaching to you today. I am preaching to myself because I've got plenty of insecurities in my life. I think when we're younger, we all, we all have insecurities, right? When I was a kid, I was kind of a chubby kid and I was insecure about my weight. I remember in eighth grade, we moved to Oklahoma and my insecurities like grew insecurities because I just wanted to be accepted and liked by this new group of people. I was a pastor's kid. And as a pastor's kid, everything I did, I felt like was always under the microscope. And so uh, I, I was really insecure about everything that I did, always wondering how is this going to be viewed through the lens of the people in our church? And then I got older and, and when you get older, I don't know if you know, like your insecurities don't exactly go away. They just kind of morph a little bit. And so, um, sure enough, some of the insecurities, you know, they still stay on the surface. Maybe you're insecure about the way that you look or insecure about the way that you're perceived by other people. But a lot of our insecurities kind of go deeper than that, right? Maybe you're insecure as a, as a spouse because you just feel like you're not equipped to really foster a a healthy marriage. Maybe you're insecure as a parent because you're just like, man, I am not equipped to be able to parent and raise these kids well. Maybe you're insecure as a leader and you find yourself in a role at work that you're just like, man, I don't know that I'm skilled enough or I'm experienced enough to be able to fulfill this role. I think the fact is, is we all wrestle with insecurities. And I want you to understand that it is not wrong for us to have insecurities in our lives. I want you to hear me loud and clear on that. Uh, I, I, I pray that every person can walk out of this room with an understanding that you need to stop beating yourself up about the insecurities that you have, that you need to stop feeling bad because you are wrestling with insecurities that you're like, ah, I just know I'm supposed to be confident in the Lord and who he's made me to be. Why do I keep struggling with these insecurities? Stop beating yourself up for feeling insecure. But listen to me, it does become a problem when we allow our insecurities to keep us from the purpose and from the plan that God has for us. Like, I don't need to feel bad for wrestling with insecurities, but God forbid that I let my insecurities keep me from loving my wife well. Like, I don't need to feel bad for wrestling with insecurities, but God forbid I let my insecurities keep me from raising my kids to love the Lord and his people. Or God forbid I let my insecurities keep me from preaching the gospel and inviting people into life with Jesus. God forbid I let my insecurities keep me from being a good neighbor to the people around me or being a, a, a good and caring friend to the circle that God has placed me in. God forbid I let my insecurities keep me from the purpose that God has for me. And that's exactly what insecurities will try to do. So if you remember last week, we talked a little bit about Abraham, father Abraham, who had many sons and many sons had father Abraham and I'm one of them. And so are you. So yeah. uh-huh. Yep. Y'all get it. Come on. 1130. Y'all are with me today. My people. So last week we talked about Abraham. We saw how God called him to leave his homeland and to follow the Lord into a, a land that God would promise to him and his descendants. And so we fast forward a little over a thousand years and we get to Numbers 13 where God's people are right at the edge of that promised land. They've just spent 400 years in slavery in Egypt and through miraculous signs and wonders and the parting of the red sea, God set his people free. But here's what we see in the story. God doesn't just want his people to be free. He wants his people to live in promise. God didn't just want to get them out of Egypt, but he wanted to get them into the promise and the purpose that he had for them. Because when God saves you, he doesn't just save you from something. He saves you to something. He doesn't just want to save you from your sin. He doesn't just want to save you from hell. He doesn't just want to deliver you from the land of Egypt, but he has saved you from those things so that you can fulfill the things that the Lord has put you on this earth to do. And insecurity will try to keep you from that promise. And so in Numbers 13, God, he says to his people, I want you to go scope out the promised land go check it out. What's, what's the land like? What are the people like? What, what do they got in the promised land? Is there Chick-fil-A in the promised land? They got the Lord's chicken there, right? Or better yet, do they got Popeye's in the promised land? Because we all know that spicy chicken sandwich at Popeye's is just better than Chick-fil-A, y'all. And I know I'll get one amen from your pastor. It's just better. Maybe I can level with you. Maybe the, the promised land, it has that Popeye spicy sandwich with the Chick-fil-A service together. Like that's the promised land, y'all like that's, that's how it is. What is, what's the land like? What's it like? What are the homes like? What are the neighborhoods like? What's the, what's the economy like in the promised land? Some of y'all just got triggered, triggered when I said economy, they got student loans or no student loans in the promised land. what is, What is the promised land like? What's it like? God God says, go check out the land that I have promised you. Why? Because he wants them to get a vision of the promise. Because here's what we see. Vision keeps insecurity in check. If I have a clear vision, if I have an image of where the Lord is taking me, if I have an image of the promise, then it allows me to see beyond my insecurity and to move toward the promise and the purpose that God has for my life. And so maybe for some of you, overcoming the insecurities that you have in your life starts by allowing God to give you vision for your life once again. Maybe it's time that you start dreaming again that you gain a vision for the family that the Lord wants you to raise and that you stop just trying to make it and just get by, but that you can intentionally move your family towards the vision that God has for your family. Maybe it's time that some of you dream about, and the people the Lord surrounded you with. And who are some of these people that you can invite into relationships so that you can follow Jesus together? Maybe maybe it's time that you start dreaming and start getting a vision for how the Lord would use you at your work, at your jobs, and just in your, in your homes, wherever you are, to be able to make a difference in the people around you. Maybe it's time that we gain God's vision for our life again. Proverbs 29 tells us that without vision, people perish because without vision, you're just making money. You're not making a difference. Without vision, you're just procreating. You're not raising the next generation of disciples of Jesus. Without vision, you're just working a job. You're not walking in purpose. Maybe, Overcoming insecurity for some of you starts by saying, God, give me vision for my life again. God help me to dream again. Help me to believe again. God help me to look towards the future again and see how you might use me and make a difference in the people around me. And so that's what they did. They they went and they scoped out the promised land. And they came back with a a positive report. The promised land did in fact have a Chick-fil-A, Popeye's hybrid. Come on somebody, like they did it. That's what the promised land had. The promised land, had mountain ranges to hike in. The promised land had beaches to relax on. There wasn't a bad cup of coffee within a thousand miles of the promised land. Come on, the promised land was incredible. It was awesome. It was amazing. Football season is year round in the promised land. Like it never ends. There's never an off season. It's amazing. It's good. Verse 28, but the people who live there are powerful The cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. Man, everything was going so good. Like the vision was there. The land was good. The people are ready to take hold of the promise. And then insecurity rears its ugly head. And it kept them from moving because they thought, oh, this must mean it isn't our time or isn't our place to enter into the promised land. But here's what they failed to understand. God's vision for your life is often attached to insecurity. It is that their, their report from the land was it's great, but we can't go in and take it. We can't do that because every time you see God's vision for your life, there should be a piece of you that says, that's great, but I can't do that. That's incredible. That's amazing. What a vision, what a dream, what a purpose. I'd love to be a part of that, but Lord, I can't do that. It's the stutter that God calls to preach. It's the shy introvert that God calls to lead. It's the guy who comes from maybe a family of nothing but broken relationships that God calls to raise and to, to foster a healthy family. Maybe it's, it's the woman who comes from a poor family that God calls to start a business or it's the D minus student that God calls to teach. Listen to me, your insecurity may just be confirmation that you're headed in the right direction. Football season's upon us. Obviously, I'm excited. Half of you are excited. Half of you are like, well, there goes my Saturdays. They're gone now for the next however many months. But I'm a Michigan fan. I grew up there. And so as a Michigan fan, I'm a Tom Brady fan. Tom Brady's the goat. He's the greatest of all time. There's no debate. It cannot be questioned. He is the best quarterback of all time. And, but coming out of college, that wasn't exactly the case. Uh, he, he was an average quarterback at best. Here's what a lot of the scouts said about him coming out of college. It says he has a poor build, it says that he lacks great physical stature and strength. He lacks mobility and the ability to avoid the rush. He lacks a really strong arm. He can't push the ball down the field. He doesn't throw a tight spiral and he gets knocked down too easy. According to to every measurement and every metric and every scout. He was going to be a bust quarterback with no future in the NFL. And when Tom Brady heard the things that the scouts said about him, here's what he said. It's really profound. He said this, you can prove them right or you can prove them wrong. Listen to me, insecurity is going to give you a long list of reasons as to why you can't do the things that the Lord's called you to do. It's gonna tell you, you can't do this. You, can't, you are too, you're not strong enough. You're not bold enough. You're not courageous enough. You can't talk in front of people. You don't have the gifts, the skills, the talents or the abilities to do what the Lord has called you to do. And listen to me, when it comes to insecurity, you can prove it right or you can prove it wrong. The the enemy cannot steal your competence, but he will try to try to steal your confidence because if he can get you to believe the lies that the enemy speaks against you and that insecurity will speak into your life, then he can keep you from the purpose and the plan and the design that God has for you. But listen to me, remember it is in your weakness. It's in your, your shortcomings. It is in your insecurities that God shows up and makes himself makes himself big. So don't let insecurity convince you that you can't do what the Lord has called you to do. So that's the people, they they went, they scoped out the land. They said, listen, the walls, they're too big. The people, they're too strong. They've got giants, y'all. They've got giants. There's no way we can go in and take this land. Verse 30, Caleb said this, he said that Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up, and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. Now, the fact is, is there's a little bit of insanity to what Caleb says here, because the, the reality is, is they can't do it. Like they aren't strong enough. Like the, the walls really are too big. The people really are too strong. They've got giants. There's no way Israel can match up against these people. But Caleb understood how vision works. God's vision for your life is too big to accomplish without him. If the vision that you feel like the Lord has given you for your life is small enough to accomplish on your own, it's likely that that is not the Lord's vision for your life. And some of you think that means you got to have a huge platform and that God is going to give you a big social media following, and you're going to be able to influence millions of people with your everyday inspirational posts. But the fact is, is that oftentimes the impossible things that the Lord calls us to are just the simple things that we often overlook, like being a great spouse or being a great dad or leading the people around us. Well, my, my wife and I, we, we celebrated 10 years of marriage this year, and... And, and, and I was under the assumption that when you got to 10 years, at that point, you have everything figured out. At that point, like we can preach at marriage conferences. And at that point we can write marriage books because at 10 years, you got it all figured out much to my surprise. That's not the case. If you didn't know that it's not the case. I'm still trying to figure this thing out. And, and scripture tells us, the Bible says that that a husband should life love his wife as Christ loves the church. A husband should love his wife as Christ who died for us loves the church. It's like, God, have you met my wife? Like what? Like just playing. That's not kind. She's not here. I shouldn't say that. Like, what are you like? That seems impossible. How can I live up to that? How can I fulfill the vision that God has for marriage? That feels impossible. But yet I have no doubt that the number one thing the Lord's called me to outside of my relationship with him is to love my wife. Well, And then from there to also love and raise my kids well. And then you bring kids into the mix and all of a sudden all kinds of insecurities start coming to the surface, right? Here's the point. The point is on my own, I think everything the Lord's called me to do, I would fail at miserably. I I think every role that the Lord has called me to play and everything that he's called me to do in life, I would fail at miserably on my own. But, But with him, And by his grace and by his strength, I know that I can confidently lay hold of the promise and the purpose that God has given me. So what if rather than viewing insecurity as a bad thing, what if we just allowed it to be a reminder that we need God? We need him. We can't do this on our own. We cannot do what he has called us to do by ourselves. We need the Lord. What if insecurity could actually serve a purpose? Whereas insecurity unchecked is going to convince us that our weaknesses are greater than the God that we serve. If we can check our insecurities, it will simply remind us that we need the power of God at work in our lives. We can't make it without him. And so here's something that I want you to practice this week. Okay. I'm going to give you some homework. I want you to practice this, this week. Every time you feel insecure, rather than it crippling you or shutting you down or keeping you from doing maybe what the Lord is calling you to do. I want you to treat your, your insecurities as an invitation to remember, to reflect on the power and the goodness of God. And we can do this, it's called habit stacking. Um, my daughter does this every day. She has trained her brain to believe that TV time equals snack time. Every time, it doesn't matter if we just had a huge dinner, like we, she could eat a whole cow and she would because that girl loves her medium rare steak. Like that girl loves steak and she could eat a whole big old steak. And, the, and if we say, Piper, you can get on the TV for 30 minutes and watch a TV show, she's gonna grab the remote and go straight to the pantry for a snack. Like her brain associates TV time with snack time. What if we could get our brain to associate our insecurities with an opportunity to reflect on the power and the goodness of God? That every time we felt insecure, that maybe this week, literally every time you feel insecure this week, look up to heaven. Don't do it while you're driving. Keep your eyes on the road, but otherwise look up to heaven. Like do something with your body that tells your brain what you're supposed to do in that moment. Look to heaven and remind yourself that you serve a God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you ask, think, or imagine. Remind yourself that you serve a God who is able to part the Red Sea and heal the sick and cast out demons. Remind yourself that you are God's masterpiece created on purpose with a purpose. Remind yourself of God's faithfulness in the past. And if he's done it before, he can do it again. Every time you feel insecure this week, look up to heaven and reflect on the goodness and on the power of God. Listen, if, if the vision that God's given you for your life is too big, fantastic. Because when you step into that promise, it is God and God alone who's going to get the glory for your life. So Caleb and Joshua, they were the only ones ready to take hold of the promise. They were ready to move into the promised land. They did not allow their insecurities, fears, doubts, worries, any of that keep them from understanding this is the Lord has given us this land, but the rest of Israel allowed their insecurity to keep them from taking action. And that's a big deal because God's vision for your life requires action. God's vision for your life isn't just going to be dropped into your lap. That's not how it works. God will ultimately fulfill his, his grander purpose, his his overall plan and vision and, des- and design for the world. That's why we see 40 years after Numbers 13, God's people enter into the promised land, but it's not until just about every single one of these people have died off because God will fulfill his plan, his purpose, his vision with or without you. But God's vision and God's purpose for your life, man, it requires action on your part. You can't have a great marriage without actions that cultivate a great marriage. You, you can't lead well without Loving people well and being willing to make decisions, the right decisions, even when they're hard. You may feel like God has called you to preach. But if you never put in the time to serve and to study and to pray, you're not just one day going to become a great preacher. God's vision for your life requires action. When the Israelites left Egypt, there were 600,000 men. That doesn't include women and children. Likely a million people that saw God deliver them from Egypt that saw the hands of God separate the Red Sea and allow them to walk across on dry land. A million people, many of them got to hear about the promised land. Many of them even got to see the the promise, but only two of them actually got to live in the promise because many people are delivered, but few people live in promise. And if we're not careful, we we can get stuck in this in between, between salvation and promise. That, that maybe you're saved, but you're not living in the promise. You're forgiven, but you're not living in the in the purpose and in the in the peace and in the joy and in the fullness of all that God has for you. You're delivered, but you have settled for the wilderness in your life. And listen to me, oftentimes, Insecurity that keeps us there. I I struggle with insecurity every day. And some of you probably could care less about my insecurities. For me, I think it's helpful to hear about others' stories and their kind of experience with things. Man, for me, I feel like even lately, there's been a lot of my insecurities coming to the surface. My greatest, I've learned, my greatest area of insecurity is in the area of leadership. Uh, my role at the church has kind of shifted a little bit over the last month. I'm continuing to be on the teaching team, but also overseeing small groups. And, and with that, we're, we've kind of been in the process of hiring someone who's going to come on and really help run small groups as well. And, and I just feel all of these insecurities coming to the surface having all these thoughts of like, man, you're, you you do not have what it takes. Like you're, you're a preacher, not a leader. Like someone's going to come work with you and they're just going to want, they're going to be miserable and just want to get out. And just like, you, you are going to bomb this thing. You're going to be terrible. A lot of these thoughts have come, come to mind. And, and, and you guys know this, man, VFC is just full of incredible leaders, like high quality, A plus leaders, even just your team here at Newcastle. My goodness, Pastor Matt and Julie, some of the greatest leaders that I've ever had the privilege to be around. Pastor Josh, man, his ability to just love people, connect with people. Pastor Sarah, who like works the equivalent of four people and yet is part-time. Like it just makes zero sense to me. Pastor Austin, who's like 15 years old, but yet like just incredibly wise. And man, just a great leader. Great dude. And then I office with five other people in Norman and all those people, every one of them, they could pastor their own church or lead their own business and do well and do incredible. And so if I allow my insecurities to go unchecked, my insecurities will convince me I don't belong here. Like who are you to think that you belong on a team like this? You don't have what it takes. You are going to fizzle out and like you don't belong here. But if I can check my insecurities if I, can, if I can remind myself of the goodness and of the power of God, and it is God's spirit that is at work on the inside of me, if I can check my insecurities, they can actually serve a really good purpose because they can keep me humble. They can remind me to rely on the Holy Spirit and not try to do this thing on my own. They can they can remind me to stay coachable and teachable and to look to the incredible leaders around me, not as like areas, like people to feel insecure about, but as people to learn from and opportunities to grow. Listen, I share this for us to just understand this. Our insecurities are real and you don't have to feel bad about having insecurities. You don't have to feel guilty about wrestling with insecurities in your life. You don't have to run from your insecurities, but don't let your insecurities keep you from the promise. Don't let your insecurities keep you from the purpose that God has for your life. So here's the practice that I want to invite you into because this is something that has helped me in my life and overcoming insecurities in my life. And I believe that it'll help you get in community with other people. And some of you are thinking like, oh, it's small group semester and here's the new small group guy. He's gonna to talk to us about smaller groups. Fantastic. I don't care what you think. I just want you in community with people. I, I just know the value of doing life with people and not trying to follow Jesus on your own. My community has been essential to following Jesus for the health of my life and my soul and, and, and even for overcoming insecurities in my life. My, my closest community is my wife. My goodness, my wife has a way of telling my inner critic that's really loud sometimes to shut up and to encourage me and to speak life into me and to challenge me. I've got a group of friends from college that I talk with every week. And those guys, man, just the light, they're able to speak life into me and to encourage me. I've got some small groups that I'm a part of that I just love, man, I love meeting with those guys. It is so good for my soul, And even just the people that I get to work with, man, the leaders, the people that God has surrounded me with, my goodness, my community has been so important to overcoming insecurities in my life. So please don't go another semester without finding your people. Man, get a couple people, even just a couple friends and be like, hey, let's start a small group together. Maybe you're like, I just don't know. I don't know where to start. I don't really have a group. I don't know what group to pick. I don't know what to be a part of. Go to Wednesday night, Sunday school it's an opportunity to learn and to grow, to dive deeper into God's word and to connect with other people. My goodness, I cannot get across to you enough how important it is that we are in community with other people. Here's my biggest fear in this. My biggest fear is that I will allow my insecurities to take God's vision and God's purpose for my life to the grave. What I mean by that is that I will allow my insecurities to keep me from action for so long and that I, would, I wouldn't move on the things that the Lord calls me to for so long because I'm insecure about some things that eventually I get to the end of my life and I realize there were so many opportunities and so many more things that the Lord wanted to do in and through me. And yet I allowed insecurities to run my life, to bring his dream and his vision for my life to the grave. And that's why I think, man, this quote from Miles Monroe, is so helpful, it's so good says the wealthiest place in the world. It's not the gold mines of South America or the oil fields of Iraq or Iran. They are not the diamond mines of South Africa or the banks of the world. The wealthiest place on the planet is just down the road. It's the cemetery. There lie buried companies that were never started, inventions that were never made, best-selling books that were never written, Masterpieces that were never painted, small groups that were never started. Miles My, My, didn't say that, sorry. In the cemetery is buried the greatest treasure of untapped potential. Listen to me, do not let your insecurities bury your promise in the grave. Father, we love you. God, we're so thankful for your goodness and your grace today. God, thank you for your presence that is in this room, that you are present with every person here. You're not just here in a general sense, Lord. You are fully present with every person here. And I'm so grateful that you, the God of the universe who created the world and everything in it, Lord, you care about us enough to be present with us in this moment. God, I pray that you'd help everybody who's wrestling with some some insecurities in their life. The enemy has been whispering in their ear and telling them that they're not enough not smart enough. They're not good looking enough. They're not talented enough. They're not bold or courageous enough. They're not whatever enough. God, I pray that you would remind them that it is not about them. It is about you. God, it is about how good you are and how powerful you are and how great and mighty you are. And that with you, there is nothing that you call us to that we cannot do. Help us to rely on you today, to trust in your strength today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here and you're not following Jesus. Maybe you still find yourself living in sin. Maybe, like the Israelites, you're enslaved in Egypt, you're enslaved to your sin. Today, you want to experience the, the freedom that God gives. I want you to understand God is not mad at you, He's not upset at you, He's not frustrated with you. God loves you so much that He put on human flesh, and He went to that cross and died for your sins, so that you can have life and hope through Him. And if you're here today and you want to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin and to be the Lord of your life, would you lift your hand in the air right where you're at? I'd love the opportunity to pray with you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can we pray this prayer together as a family? Say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Today, I trust you. I give you my life. I give you all that I am. And I surrender to you. Help me to live in promise. And in the purpose that you have for me. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media and tag at VFC underscore Newcastle. If you haven't already, download the Victory Family Church app to stay connected with everything that's happening throughout the week. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome week.